podcast about life as a PhD student under lockdown. I'm Georgia. And I'm Jessica. Uh, and we're back again. Thank you for tuning in for another mini episode. It's just the two of us. Uh, and while we were discussing topics for a possible uh, thing to talk about, uh, we sort of settled on talking about uh, food and lockdown <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, what it's what it's been like, what we've been eating, and how we've been sort of, uh, yeah, nourishing ourselves, shall we say. Yeah, I think basically we're just a bit, like, bored of talking about writing a thesis every day. Now that there's no nothing going on in the grad school, we've got to find something else to talk about. Yep, pretty much. And, ob- and obviously eating was a huge part of life in the grad school as well, you know, our a lot of our sort of daily life revolved around having our packed lunches together or a meal deal or whatever. God, it's been so long since I had a meal deal. <laughs> you know, I realise gonna... it's been a really long time since I had a coconut milk fat white. Oh my God, it's been so long since I had a coffee shop coffee. I've been trying to sort of vaguely approximate them at home and it's just it's very depressing. I'm yearning for those Frisca coffees, Georgia. Oh my God, yeah, for real. Um <laughs> And I appreciate that this is peak white girl, but I'm still going to, I'm still, it's still true. Like just being able to have a coffee shop coffee to break up your day or do something new was a really important part of what kept me going on a tough day. And I've definitely missed it because it offers a change of scene as well as a little bit of caffeine or whatever. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's just like a nice, especially the Frisker, for those who don't know, the Frisker by in Manchester Science Park it's just a lovely little stroll from the grad school there and it's a beautiful building Um, and it's still a little bit not necessarily a hidden gem but like it's not packed with students so it's quite a nice place to go and sort of be around adults (laughs) (laughs) so um, other than yearning for coffee what have you taught me through your experience with food over lockdown Uh, well, I'm going to start with the thing that me and you uh, talk about and bond over so much, which is just the significance of peanut butter in my life. Oh, I, bit the, I bit the bullet and bought one of those huge plastic tubs this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I respect that. Like there was a time in early lockdown where I was getting through like a half kilogram jar pretty much a week. Oh, I still I... do. I still do. <laughs> Because I was having it for breakfast, having peanut butter and jam bagel, and then I'd make like a stir fry and put peanut butter in the stir fry sauce and stuff. So definitely, um, definitely been eating a lot of peanut butter. And while I was home with my parents, I made some raspberry jam from scratch. Uh, so I've just been having the most luxurious imaginable PBJs. Nice. So have you been? I mean, kind of this big thing is that everyone's baking a lot. Are you? Have you mm. been baking a lot? I have been baking certainly more than I usually would. I'd say I bake some kind of cake maybe once a week. What I have started to do now that things are easing and you're allowed to meet one person out of doors is uh, baking, putting it in a Tupperware, and giving it to someone else. Mm. Uh, so again, I might be like the typhoid Mary of COVID-19 brownies, hopefully not. Um, but you get the joy but, of baking without the, uh, the without the sh- Yeah, without the shame of eating an entire tray of brownies <laughs> by myself, which uh, is a real risk. Um, yeah. What about you? What's uh, What's been your, like, iconic lockdown meals? I 
don't know. I've actually gone like the reverse in that. Not like I'm not eating, I've been eating, but I've kind of been more interested in what I've been drinking. Um, so I have, I try not to drink during the week and then when it comes to Friday, I come out with a flourish and been having like Campari tonics and orange juice. Um, and then moving on to kind of, we have Prosecco quite a bit. There's always an occasion um, <laughs> in this house. But yeah, with baking though, I, I did a bit, but I went through a phase as a teenager of baking prolifically and um, I overdid it. And because I just, the same with you in that, I don't want to make loads of cake and then it just sit around. Um, so I've just been not baking, which has been really sad. Um, but I made some excellent hot cross buns and then an apple cake. And those are two things. But God, I absolutely love apple cake. Oh my God, it was so good. I will make it because you just had so many apples. But I think one of the things is, and I know you've had this, is that I've always been, not sorry, for the past year I've been a vegetarian, but in lockdown I've started eating tuna again. And you've gone from veganism to eating meat again, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, me and my husband did Veganuary and I really enjoyed it and pushed it on into February. Uh and I was definitely starting to waver around March and have a bit of dairy. And then I am just, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a full-blown carnivore again. I'd say I'm like 90% over-lacto-vegetarian. Uh, and then, but unfortunately I do, I am eating meat again. Um, which, it's been quite frustrating, I think, because I liked, as much as I missed a lot of things that vegans can't eat, I liked the structure that veganism gave me. It gave me like a sense of of living by a set of rules that helped me to, uh, like I, uh, I don't. If you know me, listening to this, you may already know this, but I'm the person who's had so it's kind of some lifelong issues with food and weight uh, that um, I have had to sort of I've had mixed success overcoming, and veganism was quite good for that because it was like I can eat this, I can't eat this. That's like rules I can follow. Um, so I'm on the one hand I'm looking forward to sort of going back to it I've got in my head that after lockdown it's sort of over I'll go back to veganism but then much the same as before lockdown uh, you were talking about drinking and I'm one of the members of our PhD community who didn't drink really didn't drink alcohol because in my life I've had some self-control issues with alcohol so I was like I'll just not do it and then I've started drinking under lockdown and there's this feeling of like, there's going to be a few weeks after lockdown ends where all I'm going to want to do is eat and drink and just, you know, go to restaurants and go to pubs and do all that stuff that just hasn't been on the table for so long. So I kind of have to set this little extended deadline of like, I will go back to that quite sort of controlled lifestyle that made me feel good. Mm. But before then, I, I want to do, you know, I want to do the hedonism thing yeah. a little bit. I think it's important to do stuff that makes you uh, and eat stuff that makes you kind of happy without kind of obviously gorging and legitimizing binging food. You know, just like I've been having stroop waffles. <laughs> God, God, I love <laughs> it's a stroop like I never really had before, but I was given a pack and I just I just love them. And my parents are sweet fiends, um, so jelly babies I... all the time. I am a re I have a real sweet tooth, mm. and I've been especially with the weather has been absolutely gorgeous. I've just been you know eating a magnum all like magnums, every day. All the magnums, all the time. I uh, again, we may have to cut this out because uh, Cadbury's certainly aren't paying me to say this. But if you find the like 
sort of Cadbury Dairy Milk brand Magnum-alike things. They sell them in packs of four. They are amazing. Are they better? They're better than a Magnum, yeah. I'm going to have to try this one out. But I know (laughs) it's definitely a non-essential trip to the local convenience shop has had been done for for a magnum Um, well it's it's definitely allowed it's considered one of the government's like allowed reasons to be buying luxury items like alcohol and i think ice creams fall under that yeah definitely definitely and i like i i've also had like issues with um kind of food in the past with kind of like just like restricting and i've found being at home has actually kind of helped in that Often I, I I used to stay out of the house so that I wouldn't be tempted to eat. But now you're forced to stay in the house. It's been really good at like just being confronted with fear, food and not having to eat it, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever had that problem. But like, and there, you know, there are people who won't have shit in the house because they think they're just going to eat it. Mm. Whereas my yeah, parents I mean... always have shit in the house. So now I'm just staying in the house with all the shit and I'm, and I'm quite good now at like being like, it's there, but I don't have to eat it. I uh, I hope to achieve that nirvana one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's not like easy, but uh, you definitely just want to eat everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it. And I think, you know, a lot of people have kind of been joking about, you know, the, like, the weight that they're putting on or just, you know, their sort of diet and especially drinking, I suppose, being something that's not, uh, that doesn't count right now Mm. um and i think i kind of talked about this in a previous episode with like academic life but i think it's it's time to kind of be like yeah this time does count and it's time to uh sort of yeah start start thinking about it a bit more seriously again um what's been really good is that like because i haven't got a summer holiday normally when it gets to summer you know everyone wants to kind of shape up for the beach I found it really lovely just being able to not care about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, even if you're athletic, you still get body fear about going to the beach. Um, and it's it's been really nice and just having, like, you know, takeaways with my parents or, like, making fajitas and just not being annoyed about it. Yeah, oh, totally. And, um, and yeah, I think, like it's been a, a weird time for for everyone sort of in terms of diet partly because of like certain things that are harder to get a hold of especially in the early going um as you said this sort of nationwide worldwide obsession with baking <laughs> to the point where um my dad said like you walk past all this uh, discounted bread that no one's buying just to find that there's no yeast <laughs> it's it's yeah it's true i mean i i can't make bread um, I'm not about to have a sourdough. Yeah, so I, I just haven't, haven't had, done it. I haven't had much success with bread in the past, so I haven't tried. Which is um, weird because I think we're both quite strong in the upper body. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I have a problem with kneading it. I think it's. I think it might be a patience issue for me. I think I don't give it enough time, mm. or I don't like trust it enough. I just. Uh, I think that certain people just have whatever the green thumb equivalent is for bread. They've got a crusty thumb. <laughs> what I've um what a crusty thumb. <laughs> um what I've been worried about though is that because I've been at home, obviously the quality of the food 
has been far better from the Aldi options that I've been having in Manchester. Mm. Oh, you're getting those Waitrose tastes again. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Some olive calamata hummus, um, Filippo Berrio balsamic vinegar, and I just don't know how I'm going to readjust. <laughs> you can't go back. This has been the, the white girliest white girl episode. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. I mean, I've always like uh, that. That's kind of been my life anyway. Like, there are certain things that I just won't skimp on. I won't buy myself clothes, but I will. I will be getting name brand olive oil. <laughs> oh. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was tempted to make a pizza today, so that might be mm. that might be what I go do now. Yeah, nice. I and. Yeah, and I think the one thing that I would say just about all of this, uh, the whole process, is that as much as I really miss my restaurant and cafe habit, it has thrown my restaurant and cafe habit somewhat into the spotlight as, like, the source of me having less money. <laughs> and uh, and um, it's forced me to, to cook at home a lot way more than I have probably at any other time in my life and it has reminded me that I absolutely adore cooking so that's quite nice it's been quite positive but lord knows sometimes you know you make your own like noodle soup at home and you're like god I wish I could have like an authentic ramen right now oh my god I know the same with (laughs) things like curries I don't know what it is but my curries just taste so shit compared to the stuff you get yeah, I mean, the the secret is that they're just putting a lot more butter in I know, it. literally, <laughs> that's all it is. Um, but you just can't force yourself to do that. No, I know, I know. But I think that's good, because it will it will mean that it, it will be a, a novelty when you do get... Yeah. So what, 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 what restaurant are you missing from Manchester? What are you looking forward to? Oh, God, there's quite a lot. But the uh, the thing that I've been saying from the start is there is um, a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown in Manchester called Happy Season, uh, which was the that was the first meat that I ate at the end of being vegan for 10 weeks is their uh, like mixed roast meat platter just with some white rice. And it was it is just unreal. It's just so nice. And, you know, it's it's very bad for you. It's very salty. It's meat. But yeah, when I when I think about something that there is just no way I could ever recreate it at home, I think something it's like nice. like Chinese roast meats. Yeah. What about you? Well, yeah. From well, from London, I'm missing my Japanese Korean restaurant mm. called Dottori, and they just do this tofu kind of biopap, which is like deep fried oh. tofu. Oh my god, it's amazing. But from Manchester, I'm missing Bar San Juan in Chalton, the tapas mm. place. Again, stuff you could. I mean, you could try and recreate it, but it's the richness um, of Spanish food. Even though, yeah, I'm vegetarian, pescatarian, that I've, place. I've done some Korean cooking during lockdown, and that has been quite, uh, I'd say, like, relatively successful. Like, it's been something I've tried for the first time, and I've quite enjoyed it. I've definitely gotten into, like, watching recipe YouTube and stuff, because mm. it's quite calming as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. Uh, there's certain channels especially ones where no one's talking and you just watch someone make the recipe that i really enjoy yes um, well, i've been watching um youtube videos of hair clipping which is what is something <laughs> i'm about to do now i'm about to trim my dad's hair <gasps> Gonna go. Oh, I, I shaved my neck and that went fine so uh mm. yeah <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah, my hair is getting super duper long, uh, and my husband, who has long hair, still has long hair, but has cut off about eight inches of his extremely long hair. So there's hair all over the place in our place. So thank you very much for tuning in for another mini episode of Not Safe for Lockdown. Uh, as always, we hope that you're uh, staying safe out there and that by the time this reaches you, you know, this slow progress towards things being a bit more normal is uh, is continuing. Yeah. Uh, I've been Georgia. I've been Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Not Safe for Publication is a podcast by and for the research students of the Faculty of Humanities at the University of Manchester. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at NSFP Podcast, or you can email us at nsfppodcast at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is Hat the Jazz by Twin Musicom.